the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's welcome in the one the only Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com, Chief Market Strategist. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thanks. Good to be back with you. Shot out of a cannon. First question, when will the stock market go higher? Uh, it's going higher right now as we speak. Um, I'm not sure it really should be going higher, but um, but the market has, <clears throat> you know, taken on a uh, a mind of its own again in that, you know, it tends to look at things that are bad as being good uh, because it's essentially interpreting bad news as providing a basis for these central banks to just simply stay as accommodative as they have been, if not get more accommodative. And, um, you know, I think that the, you know, traders are frankly riding that uh, mentality for all it's worth right now. With that said, do you think it's been a long time since good news has been good news? Mm -hmm. Right now it's bad news, like you said, equals easy monetary policy, accommodative monetary policy. Japan's been in their funk for what? Good golly, like 25 years? Right. Do we ever do we ever get out of this funk as a world or as the U.S.? Well, it, it's certainly looking like uh, we're going to be stuck in a rut for a while. Um, you got to, I guess, you know, fall back on the idea that you know that the U.S. seems to somehow always find the right solution after everything else you know else it tries doesn't work. You know, what's that saying? Something like that. Um, but. Um, you know, it, it, it's a reflection, really, of, of a very unique period um, in market history and, and I think history in general. Um, you're working off of, still off of, you know, the greatest financial collapse uh, since the Great Depression. And there's this, you know, sense of urgency to get it over with and to move on. And um, But things got, you know, hurt really badly then, and uh, it takes a while um, you know, to repair those balance sheets uh, at the consumer level. Uh, and they are looking better these days, certainly, than they did several years ago. Um, but from a, an investor standpoint, uh, it becomes really hard to, um, to, to trust in the stock market, frankly, uh, when you see just how much hurt it has doled out, how much pain it has doled out uh, since, you know, the year 2000 rolled around. Um, so it's been a really, really tough period uh, since then, uh, it's hard to have a lot of faith in what you've been seeing because, um, especially at this juncture, because I think there's an increased awareness that, you know, prices have been, you know, 
artificially supported in a big way by a monetary policy that, uh, from all signals, it seems like from Fed officials is is about to change, uh, and uh, and it's tough to buy into that, knowing that you're trading at a full valuation right now, uh, and knowing that that easy money trade could potentially go away here in the near term. Pat, I have a question. Um, let's say you have a niece or a nephew, someone younger than you. How do you communicate what you just said that it's tough to buy into? Like I've always, I've always sold the notion that like just trust capitalism, invest in the stock market, look at the hundred-year chart, look at the ten-year you know gaps. There's never been down ten-year period. Well, there was in the '30s, but there's never been a twenty-down-year period. You're going to invest from twenty to sixty. Do it over the long. Like, it sounds to me, just being honest, that you're kind of not, I'm not going to say fearful, but you're kind of saying the system's kind of broken. It's not really well, working you know, the way it should be working and the way we sold it for so many years. Yeah, you know, I mean, Rob, you, you draw out a lot of great points. There's no doubt about it when you, you know, you re- kind of look at that long, you know, you look at that long-term history and, and there's a lot of good arguments to be made. You know, I think right now I'm bothered by the fact that, um, that have the sense that it's kind of just a game right now, frankly. Um, when you see the market behave the way that it's behaved, and, and this is a, you know, I have to admit, this is a very, very short-term, you know, viewpoint here, okay? So and I'm, I'm looking back to how we've rallied off the lows here, uh, and when everyone thinks it's the, you know, the next leg up here in this bull market, and and you consider the fact that it's come in the face of a series of weak economic data points around the globe, you know, that suggests things aren't necessarily, you know, they're not getting better, uh, yet you've come bounding back here as if, um, you know, the world's a really happy place from an economic standpoint, and it's not. Um, you know, the energy sector up 11% this month, right? Um, and okay. oil prices have rebounded nicely of late. But on what? Um, you know, I think that there's a, a trading uh game, if you will. Uh, they're just riding this idea of a weaker dollar and uh, and trying to squeeze a lot of people that were in short positions, and, and you get these big moves. And I think people make the mistake of reading uh, too much into those moves as if they're fundamentally based uh, when they're really not. So uh, I'm not liking the feel of this market here uh, in the very near term because I think it has too much of a, of a gaming mentality uh, because the fundamentals just don't really – uh, back up uh, the the big move we've seen here lately. So let's talk about the fundamentals. Earnings season has kind of kicked off already, not into full gear. Next week our conversation will be a little bit more legit and, and fleshed out. What are we expecting in the next couple of weeks as we go through this every 90 days? Sure. Well, you know, there's the, the absolute projection of, you know, according to S&P Capital IQ, S&P 500 earnings right now are expected to decline 5.3% in the third quarter. Uh, revenue expected to be down 1.5%. Um, and just as an aside, you know, that's an example of how there's just not, you know, that whole strong sense of fundamental support in here. But now what the market thinks is going to happen, though, is that you're going to see companies come in and beat these lowered expectations, um, and 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 for the market to go up, and then you kind of embrace that whole rosy outlook that things will be better six months down the road, right? The same outlook we've been embracing for six years now, uh, and we still haven't seen that rosy outlook really come to fruition. 
uh, in our estimation. But so uh, I think part of the reality we have seen of late has been based on that idea that you know we're going to get an earnings season that um, that will be better than feared, uh, and there's been a great allowance for this idea that uh, earnings aren't as bad as advertised because they've been predominantly driven by the downturn in the energy sector, right? So you take energy out of the equation, and we're told S&P 500 EPS growth would be up about, you know, 3%. Um, We've talked about this before, Rob. You know, I don't, you know, we don't buy into those exclusions, right? If you're going to exclude everything that's really bad, uh, well, then you need to exclude everything that's really good, you know? Uh, Only those things that are really good are never, ever excluded, so we just kind of like look at things uh, always with that half glass full mentality as it relates to the earnings outlook. But all in all, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of excitement tied up in the current earnings projections for the S&P 500. I mean, we're lucky to you know see any earnings growth this year overall. Um, but lo and behold, forecasts for 2016, you know, are projecting double-digit EPS growth, um, and that could be asking a lot, frankly. When you consider that you're starting from a base of seeing earnings supported by low rates, low labor costs, a weak dollar, and increased share buybacks, and what should we see down the road if things you know, come to fruition? You should see higher rates, higher labor costs, a stronger dollar, and probably a reduction in share buybacks. And uh, those things will probably act as headwinds uh, that suggest to us anyway that those double-digit projections for 2016 are a little bit ahead of themselves. I may have to pull your interview next week. You're 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 simply not being positive enough. <laughs> I, I need some embellishment here. I I need to know that everything's going to be okay. Well, you know, as I said at the top of the interview, we always seem to figure things out uh, after we okay. try a lot of things that don't work. And um, you know, again, we just need the data, the economic data, to come in and, and really kind of change the attitude, change the perspective. Uh, generate some true animal spirits that are driven by excitement over the economic outlook and not just excitement over the fact that central banks are going to stay at the zero bound. Uh, if we can get that, uh, then I think the tune changes. And then, you know, personally, I start to sound a little bit more optimistic here, uh, certainly about the near-term outlook. But um, but right now, I'm, I'm certainly skeptical of what I'm seeing in the market. Can't we hide behind the fact that Christmas is coming and that saves everything with the retail sales and the Star Wars movies coming out and everyone's going to be happy and spending money gleefully in the next two months? Possibly. Can't do it, can we? <laughs> okay. Possibly. You know, we've been talking about how this whole all year long, really, how the big drop in gas prices was going to drive a huge uptick in consumer spending. Um, it has, yeah. And, you know, we haven't seen it yet, frankly. I mean, consumers have okay. been reluctant to spend, and so... You know, ideally that would be the case around Christmas, but uh, the proof will show up in the data, and it's not there yet. Sounds good. Anything else that you're working on that we should be uh, highlighting as we're winding down this couple minutes that we have together? Yeah, sure. You know, one of the things I'm looking at here is, you know, is this whole idea, you know, you know, when will the Fed raise interest rates, right? And um, some of the factors that it cited for not raising interest rates um, – are starting to shift a little bit here. You know, they talk about the transitory influence of low oil prices and, and a stronger dollar. Well, you know, we've seen the dollar weaken a bit here since the last meeting. We've seen oil prices come up nicely here, and we've seen financial markets certainly rally. Uh, and, you know, the market is rallying on this idea that the Fed is going to be at the zero bound through year end, but ironically, it may be rallying itself to a, uh, a rate hike that comes sooner than expected, and that could create some upset here because it's certainly not priced into the stock market. 
You're great. I wildly appreciate you taking my candor with a grain of salt. Um, have a good day. Thanks. You can find Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Strategist at Briefing.com. Briefing.com and his page one is the first thing that I start my morning with every single day when looking at the markets. Find it at Briefing.com. It's Briefing.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.